Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. So Nothing else really bitches. needs. So many ratatas. Yeah, so many rats of the like flying and land variety. <laughs> So, so pigeons, so, basically of pigeons. Pigeons and rats, yes. I've been getting more than my fair share of EVs in my area. I don't know if it's a local thing or if it's just that they're fairly common compared to other types. I get a lot of e- EVs too. Uh, I get them mostly at work. I've gotten a ton at work. And I just evolved one to a, let's see, a Jolteon. Nice. I have a... A Vaporeon. I try to get a Jolteon. Like, I have a Vaporeon and a Flareon. I named one Static with the hope that it would, based on, because the previous one's name was Fuego. So I was hoping that if I gave them, like, names that were similar, it would work. But I got another Vaporeon instead. So. So far, my highest level Pokemon, and granted, this is, my, this is day three for me, uh, is a 384 uh, Pidgeot. Oh, not bad. I think... My most powerful was an executor followed closely. I want to say it was uh, it was a Venomoth for a long time, but then I caught something recently. I should just bring it up right now rather than, than speculate. It's not like my phone isn't right next to me. Right. I don't understand how anything could be more powerful than an executor. Well, legally, it's the most powerful Pokemon in terms of its... Uh, find it. In terms it's of name. its... Um, yeah, in terms it's, of its name. Its legal acumen, yeah. See combat power. Oh no! Okay. Oh, <laughs> we were all set to start on time. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jack. I'm Jonathan. I'm Lauren. And we are Glib Shark. We're recording this on a Saturday. Saturday, really? Tuesday? When do we ever record on Saturday? This show's never been on Saturday. Tuesday. This is being recorded on Tuesday, September thirteenth. Uh, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff and a whole lot of Pokemon Go now that Jonathan's on board. But first, as always, or at the very least, as often as we can, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Obo Crazy here to do a little something that we call This Week in Geek. How are you, Obo? You know, I would complain about the as often as we can, except gigs are starting up again, and so soon that might actually be true again. But for the moment, I have been a regular, and I, I have some news stories. First... Let's talk words. Oxford English Dictionary words. Yes, the executor of all words that are official in the English language. Uh, Months ago, they added Scooby Snack. Just to give you the highlights, they've actually released their latest update with 500 plus new terms. And uh, so just a few of the highlights. 
Clickbait, Kegerator, Vom, YOLO, and Yoda. The list also includes tributes to author Roland Dahl, who was born 100 years ago this month. The Dahl words include coin, uh, terms coined by the uh, author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the BFG, James and the Giant Peach, Matilda, basically all the children's books and movies you've ever read or seen, and include things like Scrum Diddlyumptious and Oompa Loompa. That's right, Oompa Loompa is now in the Oxford English Dictionary. And it includes other words inspired by him as well, including dollesque is now a verb. The Oxford English Dictionary also updated several of its reference points to words that Dahl used prominently in his works, including uh, the most recent word of the day, gremlin, as in a memorable choice for a former fighter pilot. And uh, you could just look it up. It's kind of funny. As for Yoda, there's actually no explanation, though the definition is, quote, a person who embodies the characteristics of Yoda, especially in being wise, an elder, sage, or guru. That's right. They added Yoda-like as well. It doesn't actually directly reference Star Wars, but I think we get it. So now when you use things like YOLO, you're actually using a real word and not a fake made up word, which I still will shake my fist and say, get off my lawn at you. Next up, Game of Thrones, because we haven't talked about it in a little while, but something kind of awesome happened recently. Game of Thrones has now officially won more Emmy Awards than any other drama in television history. And there could be more. So Game of Thrones nabbed nine awards at the 2016 Creative Arts Emmys on Saturday. If you didn't know that happened, then shame on you because the Creative Arts Emmys are actually kind of cool. And yeah, maybe the speeches are a little more boring. You don't get to see the actors and everything, but that's where all the cool stuff happens. As of last year, it was tied with the West Wing and Hill Street Blues for the most decorated TV drama with 26 Emmys. Now it has 35. So if you were wondering, since you obviously didn't watch it, and yes, I'm looking at you, Battle of the Bastards took home the most, winning four awards for visual editing, uh, visual effects, editing, sound mixing, and makeup. Uh, Michelle Clapton also took home an Emmy for her costume designs on The Winds of Winter, which you may remember as um, Queen Cersei looking kind of black and badass. It's very likely the total will get even higher when we get to the live ceremony on September 18th. The show nabbed 23 nominations this year. It's still up for outstanding drama, directing, and writing. And um, Kit Harrington, Lena Headey, Peter Dinklage, Macy Williams, and Amelia Clark are all up for supporting awards. Sadly, only two of them can win. So that means Game of Thrones will most likely beat Frasier's record of 37 Emmys this year, making it the most awarded scripted show in Emmy history. Right now, Saturday Night Live still holds the top spot as the most award-winning show with 48 wins. However, Saturday Night Live has been going on forever. On Saturday, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were the first duo to win a single joint Emmy for their dual SNL hosting appearance. Other winners include Amazon's The Man in the High Castle, American Horror Story Hotel, and Mr. Robot, which won Best Music Composition for its score. The Creative Arts Emmys continue with Night 2 and will air uh, all of it before the actual live Emmy Awards. You can uh, already find a full list of everything that won, but definitely keep an eye on all those awards, whether you like, don't like, or indifferent to Game of Thrones. This is kind of a history-making event, and... 
I don't know about you, but I kind of wish that Game of Thrones would beat out Frasier, but I'm a geek. Speaking of being a geek, I have a news story here that is near and dear to Jenga ship's heart. Uh, Darkwing Duck creator Tad Stones revealed that the terror that flaps in the night is not flapping in Duckburg. That's right, Darkwing Duck and DuckTales exist in two separate universes. Now, wait a moment, as Jenga ship is mad. Jenga ship's furious about this, actually. I, I know. Now, Stones chatted with Heat Vision this week to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Darkwing Duck's series debut. In the midst of chatting about the show's legacy and its portrayal of a complex father-daughter relationship, Stones dropped a truth bomb, the likes of which have driven a lot of us slightly older fans crazy. According to Stones, Darkwing Duck is not a spinoff of DuckTales. It's actually its own separate universe. This, despite the fact that it aired alongside DuckTales on the Disney afternoon and featured DuckTales' uh, character Launchpad as the co-star. Stone says Darkwing's Launchpad was more of an alternate, alternate universe version rather than a continuation of the character because apparently DuckTales and Darkwing Duck were doing the alternate universe thing long before the Marvel Universe. Um, he said, quote, because Launchpad appeared in DuckTales and we used RoboDuck as a Superman character, the hero who gets all the glory as opposed to Darkwing, fans try to connect the two realities. They are two different universes in my book. We work in the alternate Duckyverse, end quote. Also, oh my God, someone in a position of authority, authority just used Duckyverse. And I don't care what you think about the actual news. I am giddy over the fact that I get to say Duckyverse. In the midst of all this uncertain chaos, who knows what will happen in the future? There's always the chance that there might be more of either of these shows. You know, anniversaries bring on all sorts of possibilities. But for the moment, that's right. These are two separate universes until they collide and the Flash makes things happen and Earth... 99 and things that's all for this week in geek i'm obo crazy and i am also in an alternate dimension okay <laughs> pose yourself right. jenga take a breath I, I knew as soon as i saw the news that that news story pop up in my feed i'm like well i've already seen jenga co uh, comment on it and what could i how could i resist something so near and dear to your heart well, okay, so Tad Stones is trying to pull some Earth 2, Earth 1 stuff, or Calisota 1, Calisota 2. That's a deep cut for those of you Disney Afternoon fans. Um, lemons out of lemonade kind of thing. I'm still mad about this, but it, I, the only way it kind of makes sense is Darkwing Duck never once fought the Beagle Boys. You would think that those guys would have found their way to, to St. Canard at least once or twice, right? Like, you see them in the background with Magic of Dispel, like, during a foul meeting or something. You see Gizmo Duck, you see Launchpad. Okay, so maybe the DuckTales universe is one, and then Darkwing Duck is two. Otherwise, why would Darkwing Duck not have fought the Beagle Boys at some point or another? And Mob Eagle. I mean, they're a criminal organization. It makes sense that the criminals would operate not too far. And if you believe the stuff people have written, like St. Canard and Duckbird are supposed to be, like, across the the river from each other. It's like a twin city situation kind of thing going on there. But uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself or behind myself. The world is indeed a strange place. If you have a fact, you want red, live it on the air, 
send an email to lauren at obocrazy.com. If it's bad, if it's good, if it's something, she will more than likely read it on this broadcast. Especially if it ruins Jenga's childhood. Yeah, especially if it ruins my day. Um, glibshark.com, Jenga Jam, Buttcast, Glibshark, Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, all available for you. And the opportunity to, to you know, find my Twitter handle, at Phil to harass me about how they're trying to dismantle my childhood one brick at a time. <laughs> okay, you can still enjoy these shows. I mean, in your headcanon, they can still be in one universe, oh, right? Oh, in my headcanon, not only are they one universe, but uh, the events of Tailspin predate them by about 40 years or 50 years. So I, I've made it all work. One of Quack. these days, Jenga... You are just going to take an entire hour of Glib Shark when neither Roblox nor I are here, and I want you to read your DuckTales fan fiction. Oh, I don't know, man. I feel like... I feel I'm, like it's time. It's the yeah. 25th anniversary, man. It's time. Yeah. Give in to your love. Flintheart Glomgold has been lying low for a, for a long time, and I think he's he feels like he's been the second richest, richest duck in the world for too long, and he's time to move in that number one spot. <laughs> like this, this is my this is my Dark Knight Returns Ducktales fan fiction actually. Pokes apocalyptic world. Huey, Dewey, and Louie are all grown up. Scrooge McDuck is like a recluse. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Roadblock. When you and I need need a vacation, this is gonna happen. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Although the real Ducktales, I mean Ducktales, is coming back in 2017. So I'm looking forward to watching that with my nieces, like being able to pass that love along on to them. Because they're watching Girl Meets World now, so it's like they're getting little pieces of my childhood now. So it's kind of exciting to be able to share, like, the adaptations and stuff. Everything old is new again. Yeah, there is nothing. All of this has happened before and will happen again. Or, as I like to jokingly say, it's going to ruin our childhood. So, speaking of things that were old and that are now new again. So, Jonathan, I heard you finally put Pokemon Go on your phone. Uh, that's not exactly accurate. I was <laughs> unable to put Pokemon Go on my previous phone. Uh, it, I was using a, I think it was an LG uh, G4 or something like that. Four years ago, it was a great fucking phone. But phones have come a long way. So this last weekend, I had some dealings with AT&T that, that I will not go into. They were unpleasant. But it did result with me getting a spiffy new Galaxy S7. And now, one of, the, one of the first things I did with it was put Pokemon Go on it. And so I am Pokemon Going as of Sunday was my first full day playing the game. Very nice. And? Well, yeah, what do you think? Uh, so far, it's fun as hell. <laughs> so you... Because it's been, this game has now been out for a little while. In fact, it's been out long enough that you've got the, the super snobby pundits who are like, well, Pokemon Go is now dead and you might as well not get into it. And yet here you are, obviously having fun. Yeah, it's, I, I don't get why people just kind of, I mean, I get why people play games and then stop because it get, doesn't get, it's no longer interesting to them. I know we have friends that, their interest in Pokemon Go is sort of sustained by traveling. So they get to go to new places and get new Pokemon. For example, all of us know how Bernie and Gavin went to Japan for Laser Team stuff and ended up getting the Asian exclusive Pokemon Farfetch'd. 
And we have some friends in Europe who have gotten the European exclusive, Mr. Mime. So that sort of thing is going on. And for me, I, I've watched people play this game and have been sort of chomping at the bit wanting my chance to play. And now that it's here, it's cool because a lot of the people that have been playing, I've been talking to, like like Jack and like uh, a few other of our friends. And it's it's been a lot of fun kind of sharing those these first couple of days. And I know one friend that I was talking to was actually quite impressed that on my first day, I was get, able to get to level six and get a 100 plus uh, CP Pokemon on my first day. <laughs> right at the beginning. Well, what he what helped a lot was that I live in Norman, Oklahoma, which is the home of the University of Oklahoma. OU is a pretty big hotbed for Pokemon stuff. It actually, it and as active as it was, it only rated I think sixth in the Oklahoma City area. There are actually a couple other places like downtownish that are. Are, are more active as far as Pokemon. But I, I went to OU and I ran into my first Pokestops. Uh, I ran into my first lure, which was by the con, uh, the clock tower by the library. And that was very lucrative. I got a bunch of different Pokemon. And for those that don't know, if you get Pokemon for the first time, you get a big XP bonus and, or experience bonus. And so that helps you level up faster. So I think that's one thing that helped me was that I was getting a lot of different Pokemon that first day and that boosted me up to level five where I then chose a team. Yeah, it is. Even for those of us who don't play, it is pretty general, general knowledge that if you live in a big city, you have a distinct advantage over people who do not just because of the variety of people that you can talk to and, and the variety of things that you encounter because the game basically populates the world based on population density. And if you live in the middle of nowhere, you can find yourself with nothing. It's yeah. interesting. I live not too far from the fifth largest city in the country. And I have yet to go into Philadelphia to, to hunt for Pokemon. I've been doing everything in like media, the suburb I live in now and then around work in Delaware. Yeah. You should plan a, a downtown trip and, and go visit some of the old RT Philly haunts. Well, as luck would have it, uh, one of our dear friends, uh, Andrew's maid of honor from our wedding, is going to be in town next weekend. So maybe I can convince her to go Pokemon hunting with. Cool. Me. Tell her hi. Yeah, she was she was fun at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so my my current plan is, I I did check out a a very very nice park that is up in Oklahoma City. In fact, it's a park that uh, friend of the show Dam Clem and I have played disc golf at, and. It's also the home of the Municipal Rose Garden. So I was walking around there. I, again, it was a pretty good afternoon to, to gather Pokemon there. Even talk to a rando. <laughs> you never <laughs> do that. I know. It was weird. So I, there was this guy who was at the same Pokestop, and it was pretty sunny out. So this one Pokestop uh, had pretty good shade. So I was kind of sitting there, and he obviously came by. I think there actually... I don't remember if there was a lure there or not. I think there might have been. But... I I chatted with him and he was like, oh, he was level 16 and he saw that I had uh, a couple of Pokemon that he didn't have. And he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So we, we were just chatting there for a little bit. It was neat. But um, I did drop my first lure at, at OU. I found a nice shady little benched uh, little park area and I dropped a lure there and I was happy to see people show up. It was it was really cool. <laughs> you You literally lured people. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. So my current plan is I do want to go to 
Oklahoma City at some point uh, to downtown and kind of wander around. I don't know when I'm going to do that because uh, I have some video game dates uh, this week that I need to keep up. In fact, one I sort of uh, I sort of skipped out on tonight, but I'll make it up to him tomorrow. But I do want to get to downtown and wander around. Like the Myriad Botanical Gardens is supposedly the best place to get Pokemon. Uh, Bricktown and then like downtown proper, all those places. And those those are all walkable. So I'm really looking forward to just like parking my car and then just walking around. Like I, I walked so much around OU on Sunday. It was really cool. And I met a friend for lunch and had, had a Mai Tai. It was great. Perfect. I think that's the best thing about Pokemon Go is actually getting people to walk around, maybe go to public spaces, parks, um, public museums, things like that, and go places they wouldn't normally, get exercise they might not normally, see things they wouldn't normally. And yeah, okay, maybe they're walking around with their phones out, but it's still better than what a lot of those people would be doing, which is not going to those places. So I... I, I think it's awesome, and if people are having fun, do it, then more power to you. I am not playing it because I have a treadmill. Hmm. Or I, I will say, say I can it has, to not play. It has cut into my treadmill hearthstoning uh, a little bit, mm-hmm. which, was, which was my main form of ex- exercise these last, uh, these last few months. But I, I did get in a session on the treadmill today, and it that's that's really not going to change a whole lot. Like our campus is not a very lucrative uh, Pokemon spot to walk around. So it, it behooves me to, to walk around other places and in the time I have for lunch, which is limited, just do my normal thing. Maybe walk around in the morning or the evening. There's actually a Pokestop in my neighborhood, not too far from where I am. So I wanted to go down there and check that out and maybe drop a lure and see what kind of water Pokemon I could get. It's right by a uh, man-made pond. See, now I'm hoping um, I can find a game that Luke and I can play together, a, a, a nice mobile game, because he plays a lot more mobile games than I do. Uh, he's much more knowledgeable about that kind of thing. And I do play some mobile games, but we our, our interests tend to diverge a little bit on what we want out of our mobile games. And I just, I haven't been able to find something since Battle Nations, I'd like to say, uh, that we both want to play, that we both have a lot of fun playing, and that he can play on an iPhone and I can play on an Android, which is which is actually getting easier nowadays. It's, it's actually, um, it's starting to be fairly normal for a game to be out on both platforms and for everybody to be able to play it. So, hey, listeners at home, if you have any suggestions, uh, we're mostly kind of RPG people, uh, level up grindy people. Although Luke is definitely into Hearthstone. And I hear uh, you and he had a little spectating fun uh, in this past week and where you watched each other play for uh, something. Yes, if you, there are quests that you can get where if you watch one of your friends win, then you get a pack. And that's uh, that's what I did for Luke. And apparently that's what he did from uh, off of one of my wins, which I was very happy to provide. Yeah, he was actually telling me how happy he was that the game that you watched, apparently he did really, really well. Yeah, he kicked ass. Like I came in and the opponent was still at pretty decent health, but Luke took him down a bunch in one turn. And so I was like, okay, I think Luke has this in the bag. I, I There are probably ways that this could go south, but it's not likely. And yeah, he did. He stomped the dude. 
yeah, he was super happy that you came in on that one because he's he's definitely had the issue of people quitting out on him and and other things. And so he was he was like, yeah, I had this really awesome win and it felt really good. And and Roblox watched me, so I have proof. <laughs> like that's awesome. So I actually just downloaded the update for the Pokemon Go app uh, that lets you do the whole buddy Pokemon thing. Yeah, uh, I actually manually downloaded it because it was refusing to auto-download, so I just grabbed it. That's kind of neat. Like, I think Porygon, I, you know, I, I, when I say just now, like, I literally mean while the show is going on. Um, so I haven't had a chance to test it out yet, but Porygon is going to be my buddy for a little while, so that'll help me jazz it up a little bit. I've been playing intermittently here and there. Like, every now, the only time I ever get to play was when I'm walking my dog. So he's my little Pokemon, but go, he's my original Pokemon buddy, buddy Pokemon, I guess. So Aww. it'll be exciting to see how this goes because I'm usually every now and again I'll try and walk to hatch an egg or something because the whole thing is like you know I have to put the phone in my pocket and then the phone's on and then I might accidentally hit a button and then butt dial somebody so I gotta find like one of those arm thingies or whatever I can just keep the phone there or just a pocket I mean my understanding is you don't necessarily have to have the phone on I think the app has to be running but you don't have to be like actively looking at the app all the time you can just walk right and then well, you can walk i mean I, I think the app has to be running like like in the foreground not in the background i believe that is the case yes yeah otherwise it won't count your steps oh so oh. so That's yeah kind of a- yeah it is uh apparently they have a workaround like for apple where if you have the um the apple watch it will count your steps i guess towards whatever your goal is and it'll even tell you if there's a pokemon in your area and then you can just pull out your phone and try and catch them that way but who wants to spend hundreds of dollars on a watch for that? They tried to sell me a watch at the store. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah, like this was, so I guess I will talk about what happened. So I had been talking about getting a new phone for a while. My old phone started acting weird. Like like for Hearthstone at work, I my tablet does not have access to the Wi-Fi. So I use my phone's hotspot. On Tuesday, the, or this was last week on Tuesday, the hotspot wouldn't engage. Like it, it would turn itself on and then immediately turn itself off. This was after it no longer registered the power button being held down. Like it could be pressed, but if you tried to hold it down, it would just not, not register it. So no screenshots and no rebooting the phone. I was pretty sure that rebooting the phone would fix a lot of the weird errors I was getting. Like uh, my location services were all off. I eventually bled the phone dry and then powered it back up by charging it. And that did indeed fix it. But I'm like, okay, I'm not dealing with this anymore. So I'm just going to get a phone. Thursday, I order a phone and I'm like, okay, I'm going to set it to pick up. Uh, actually, no, I ordered it. I decided to pull the trigger on Thursday. On Friday, I ordered it for in-store pickup that afternoon. So I get off work. I'm all excited. I go to the store. Their internet is out. Yeah. So I can't process, they can't process the thing. And I'm standing there with an order form going, but I have an order. I have a phone here. And they're like, I'm sorry, we can't process the tax we need to charge you. And I'm like, but you have all my payment information. Like you can just make a note to just do it later. You don't need me here for that. So they were like, no, we can't do it. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I come back the next day and say, hey, I ordered a phone for pickup yesterday. And they're like, well, did you get an email? I'm like, no, they had my phone yesterday. I don't, I don't care about an email. They had my phone yesterday, so I'm here now to pick it up. They had canceled my order because I didn't pick up the phone on the day I had ordered it for in-store pickup. Oh. 
Ah, it's ridiculous. So to their credit, they did fix it. They did go in and pull a phone from inventory and basically do the whole order right there. And while this is going on, frankly, I will say I was being kind of a bastard. I, I was I was being curt but polite. I'm not proud of that. I'm just, but it, it is what it is. So during the, while he's bringing this up, he's like, so we have a deal where you can get a free tablet or free smartwatch. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. So later, a bit later on, since we were kind of there and not really talking about anything, I was like, so what's the deal with the smartwatch? The guy starts to explain to me what a smartwatch is. <laughs> and I stopped him. He's like, well, the smartwatch, it, act, it connects to your phone via Bluetooth and it, or, or whatever, and it can, you can do this. And I'm like, I, I actually held up my hand and go, I'm sorry, I, I know what a smartwatch is. I was wondering what specific deal you had with that smartwatch. And he's like, oh, well, we'll give you one, but it's 10 bucks a month to do. And I'm like, fuck that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not paying $10 for, for that to keep that active. No, I, I'm good. So, uh, and then when I started playing Pokemon Go, I didn't know if, if, if it's Pokemon Go Plus would interact with the Samsung watch. It's not, I, I wasn't going to do it anyway. So I didn't bother to look. Yeah, I, I I really do think that the smartwatch thing is I don't I think fad is too strong of a term. I think it's it's a unique curiosity and I think it's useful in a couple of very specific situations, but I don't see even Apple really being able to make that thing go very far. I think people have I think watches at this point are a fashion statement and not an actual usable piece of technology and I I don't see you know like I I think the tablet would have been much more useful to you if that was something you were interested in it's not I have a tablet and it's just fine well there you go <laughs> end I mean, of I'm, discussion I, and I'll agree it's basically a luxury good at this point like I don't see it as any kind of necessity the way like the smartphone sort of became an extension of us we're all cyborgs now you realize yeah yeah. I'm perfectly okay with this. Yeah. Faster, stronger. I, I don't know that I'd say that. I think there's enough separation with smartphones now that we we haven't crossed over there yet. I mean, smartwatches are, are closer than that than just smartphones. I, I have been without my smartphone for 24 hours and it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess. But, like, there is a certain symbiosis that builds, like, in terms of what's more... If you really think about it, like... You could lose your house key or you could lose your smartphone. I mean, you can erase your smartphone, I guess, remotely. But, like, the point stands that, like, a lot of things about you, a lot of your, your interaction with the world now is dictated through this tiny screen more than it is through a desktop or through any other device. It's, it's, it's ubiquitous. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I think it's a very, very useful device that we've clearly become, become dependent on. But it's not part of us, like not literally part of us. And I think until that happens, then we're okay. Yeah, Be I mean, I can, I can withdraw. I can be without my phone for a while, leave another room and let it charge. Like the only reason I'll bring it into like, you know, when I'm home is if I'm, you know, looking up something, playing a game or washing my dishes and I need something to watch. 
Nah, I, I, I really, I mean, I know we talked about this last week about, you know, being without your phone for a while and being separated from technology. Um, I do really like having that kind of connection, but, um, while I'm okay without it, I really like it because I have for much of my life been connected to the people that I care about remotely. So for me, it's not just like, oh, I, I get to browse the internets and play fun games and Twitter. It's it's more, you know, I've lived away from my family most of my life. I've lived away from my friends most of my life. And so technology has been the way that I've been able to continue to keep those relationships close and meaningful because of that connection. So long term, you know, I don't mind being without my phone short term, whatever, sure. I'll, I'll do whatever I need. But definitely long term without that, without internet, without phone, without Xbox, without computer, without modern technology in a lot of ways, I would, it would be very difficult for me to continue to have the friendships that I do, in, including the two of you. Yeah, I mean, far be it for me to bash a technology when clearly I'm leveraging it in the moment that I'm speaking. So, well, but yeah. I, I think it's a, I think you make a valid concern and certainly no tool um, that man has made should control us. You know, now we're kind of getting into robot tech, uh, ideology and, and all that fun stuff. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's healthy to remember that, you know, these should be tools, but they shouldn't rule our lives. But you know what? It's it's also, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. The internet is not always a bad thing. There are bad shit on it. Comments are not always bad. There, I've said it. And now everybody's going to leave a comment telling me all the awful things that I am. I don't think we even have a comment functionality. Although we do have the option. That's not true. Like in, in iTunes and other podcast catching services for people to leave reviews for us. And they should definitely do that. You should. And they should be five-star awesome reviews because we tell it like it is. Yeah, no, no sugarcoating here. But I'm glad you're enjoying uh, Pokemon Go, Jonathan. Like, Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that next time around they build some sort of functionality where you're able to play on each other rather than just have to go to a gym and have to face some guy who's been like, or a lady who's been grinding like crazy and has like a level 2000 person that you have no chance of beating or have to wear down. Well, I don't know. I feel like that's how I would be if I actually played some of my friends. I've seen some of the Pokemon they have. <laughs> also, I, I think a lot of people have been talking about just adding more of the 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 regular Pokemon stuff that you get with a regular Pokemon game, um, like trading Pokemon. I think there's been a lot of people asking for that or being able to battle your friends outside of a gym. I feel like, you know, I, I know enough geeks who are gamers who really like this game, but are also Pokemon fans and kind of missing out on the, the game-ish aspects. You know, I know this is this is a pedometer mostly, um, but I think, I think being able to add those kind of functions would be a lot of fun. I... I think there's lots of game to be played here right now. Your Pokemon, they have stats. They have a lot of stats, uh, actually, and not all of them are readily apparent. It also reminds me a lot of Destiny, where, where like, if you are a level 20 person, you're going to get dropped level 20 gear or maybe stuff that's a little bit higher. And so you that's how you kind of grind up, is that you get stuff that is a little bit above your level. So you, so as you level up, you get better and better things. And that 
Pokemon Go reminds me of that a lot. One thing I, that I would say that would be against trading is again with Destiny. It's you can't be a high level Destiny player and then give your stuff to lower level players so that when they get of age as as it were they can start using those those things those awesome things that you have like hey here's a scout rifle that has perfect rolls that i'm not using because i either have another one that i prefer or or whatever but here you go i i i think that encourages people to not play the game it encourages them to rely on your friends and i think with those kinds of trading you could have like i could go up to one of my friends and say, hey, can I have one of your high level people that you're not using and I'll trade you something for it or maybe not nothing at all. You just like trade nothing for it. And then all of a sudden I have this stupid high Pokemon for my level. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> stupid, sexy Pokemon. But uh, so that's I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't put in trading. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up doing like trading tiers like oh yeah you can only if you're level 20 you can only trade down to level 15 people or something like that just just to keep like those just to keep the lower level people to where they have to play the game in order to get the chance at cool stuff or i mean it's a very it's it's just the original 151 pokemon in the game right now correct that's correct yeah there there are hundreds more pokemon I know there are some limited Pokemon that are only available in, in certain areas. Like Bernie and Gavin were talking on a recent podcast about going to Japan and getting something that you can only get right. in Japan. Yeah, I, I was mentioning that, I think before the show, that yes, all there are continental Pokemon. So like Asia okay. has one that you can get and then Europe, South America, North America, and I think Africa. Or okay. maybe Australia and not Africa. I don't, I don't know how it breaks down. But I know the one for the North Americas is the, the bull one, which is kind of cool. And that was one of the one, first ones I got on, uh, on Sunday. Oh, Tauros? Tauros. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was wondering which one it was, was America, North America specific. Right. It's Tauros is North America. Farfetch'd is Asia. Mr. Mime is Europe. And I don't know the rest. Mm. So... Expanding on that idea, because if I'm thinking like a businessman if I'm, or woman or whatever, if I'm thinking like I, I want to keep making updates to this game and keep people playing and the, the trading has been a popular request of everybody. It's something that's been integral to Pokemon in the past. And, uh, but I don't want it to be available, you know, for all the reasons that Jonathan mentioned. I don't necessarily want it to, to be just anyone capture anything. So um, Pokemon, there are hundreds more Pokemon they can release. Why not release Pokemon in regions? But I'm not talking about like North America, South America. I'm talking about like Boston has this specific Pokemon and, you know, uh, Chicago has this specific Pokemon and you, you sprinkle Pokemon throughout the world, throughout a country, throughout a state where unless you do a ton of traveling, it would almost be impossible to collect them all. And now you have an incentive to trade with other people or battle other people. And if you win, you get their Pokemon, that kind of thing. I could see them doing something like that. I don't know that they will, they have the resources now to go and divide up regions like that to where 
you based on like zip code or area code or whatever, only these Pokemon are available. I I don't. They probably don't have the resources for that kind of specific uh, specificity. They already have enough problems keeping people in the game when the game surges. Hmm. Like that, that's an actual issue where the game will crash or or servers will go offline, and that's without all all the regional breakup. So I I don't I think they would have to get significantly powerful. I think that would be cool. I, I'm actually planning a couple of uh, little short trips here. And I do, in I have done my fair share of traveling, and I think that would be neat to be like, well, I'm in, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, so now I'm going to go see what their what their Pokemon's have. Uh, that would be kind of neat. I, I think it's impractical right now. You're, you're probably right. However, I, I will say this: Do you guys remember years and years and years ago, McDonald's doing their um, Monopoly promotion? They still do it. I thought. They, they might still do it. I haven't gone to a McDonald's in forever and a day. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, they often run a game where you buy McDonald's and on various and sundry of the items that you've purchased, usually cups, if I remember correctly, you would get um, game pieces that were essentially, mon- they were Monopoly pieces and you could play Monopoly and where your goal was to um, get a monopoly of all the same color. I'm going to get all the, um, you know, every, I'm going to get boardwalk and park place. I'm going to get all the railroads, you know, I'm going to collect them all. And if you collected an entire set and got a monopoly, you won something. Uh, and it could be as little as a, a free hamburger. And then they were touting, you know, millions of dollars worth of prizes. The key to McDonald's not being able to, not having to give out millions of dollars in prizes all the time is that most of the key, the really high level stuff like Boardwalk and Park Place that would get you lots and lots of money, Boardwalk would only be available in, say, the eastern side of the United States and Park Place would only be available in the western side, you know, or stuff like that. They would intentionally split that monopoly to make it more difficult for people to be able to get it. And then, you know, rarity and shit. So I I think if McDonald's, and, and granted McDonald's is a huge corporation that's been around forever, but you know what? Pokemon has got some clout behind it and we're talking totally digital. Um, yeah, Jonathan is right. They probably need to make sure that people can actually play the game on a consistent basis first. But I, I think being able to portion Pokemon by zip code might be not out of the realm of possibility. I don't. I don't think it would either. Also, I don't. I don't know that th- that's how Monopoly worked. I think what they did is they, like, you could get every piece, but one property would be super rare. Like, not not. It wouldn't be locked in a region. It would just be like they print five of them, and then send them out to wherever. So it's not that they're they have like Boardwalk and Park Place pieces. They have Park Place pieces everywhere but only one boardwalk i okay, believe is they, how those games worked that they might sense. they might have changed the way it worked the, the one that i remember basically the last time i i really had mcdonald's on a regular basis i remember being oh god in college and the orchestra my orchestra in college did a eastern seaboard tour to uh promote our school and there were a couple people on the bus who were essentially 
doing the Monopoly game. They're like, we're going to do every McDonald's that we can and we're going to try to to get Monopoly pieces. And yeah, it was one of those and we're like, hey, now that we've gone to the next state, suddenly we got this Monopoly piece that we never have seen when we were in the first state. But that was a millennia ago. So they may have changed that, especially in the internet age where that kind of information, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be secret very long. Right. Uh, hey, come to New York because that's where you could get this and stuff like that. And it might be that way for the smaller prizes. Like the, like, hey, there's a $100 prize or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like then they could probably break that up into region and no one's going to travel around for a hundred bucks. Yeah. But if they did that for the really large prizes, then yeah, it's worth a flight and a week of vacation to fly to a different region to try and get that other piece. Yeah, because they, they did offer quite a bit of money, but yeah. Don't, kids, don't eat at McDonald's. It sucks. Yeah. No, uh, I disagree. I had all day <laughs> breakfast yesterday and it was delicious. And I also got three Pokemon that I had not gotten before while waiting for my food. Because when you do all day breakfast at 5 p.m., they have to they have to make they have to make it fresh so you have to wait and while i waited i got pokemans well I, i'm glad it, that you enjoyed it and i'm glad you got pokemon but all i stand day by my statement awesome all so, day breakfast is awesome so without weighing in on the whole mcdonald's thing one way or the other i did do some research looking around i found out that uh, kangaskhan is the australia new zealand exclusive and that even if you can't catch a pokemon like, you can still have a chance of hatching a region exclusive in your area, like, with the eggs. So I could ca- get a hatch a far-fetched egg or a Kangaskhan or a Mr. Mime. So that's cool. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay, that's neat. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like, the trading would be awesome for the international ones because if you go overseas and grab a ton of, let's say, far-fetched, one, far-fetched is one of my favorite Pokemon just in general, and you can bet your ass if I if I ran into someone say at PAX that had a far fetched, I I would be I'd be wanting to make a deal. <laughs> Let's make a deal. I did see a lot of people at PAX at PAX, um, uh, not Prime, uh, West. There we go. I did see a lot of people at PAX West, uh, playing Pokemon. It Seattle is obviously an excellent place to play. The convention center, I'm sure, was pokey stops out the yin yang. I'm positive people were dropping lures every ten seconds, and it was basically the um, the street pass for this year. And so yeah. people were having a lot of fun doing it. But the reception is as if as far as like your internet connection, not so good. Fortunately, one of the nice things about Pokemon Go is that it's not dependent on your internet connection as much as your GPS connection. So mm-hmm. if that's actually the bottleneck, and, and if you look, and I've, I've had several friends tell this to me, Pokemon Go uses extremely little data. Like the data it uses is minimum. What you run into though is battery life because you have to keep your screen on all the time and you have to use your GPS, which uses a lot of battery. Yeah. I do have a rechargeable battery pack, but it is damn near as big as my phone. <laughs> what I'm looking into are some of the little like lipstick chargers or the, or the ones that are just a little bigger than that because those would go very well in my pocket and I would be able to Pokemon Go for a, a bit longer with one of those. There's a couple on Amazon that really aren't that expensive. Like a lot of the, a lot of the Anchor stuff uh, I hear really, really good things of and they've got lots of different sizes for those chargers. 
And even a super cheap one is worth it. I, I have one that I literally got at Fred Meyer several years ago for 10 bucks. It is a little bit bigger than a, a lipstick charger, but it is it is still pretty small. You could definitely hold it in your pocket. It has one charge um, for at least for any phone that I've ever owned. And it doesn't charge very fast and it doesn't mm. release its charge very fast. So it's not amazing. But you know what? For 10 bucks, I can have it in, in my bag when I go to PAX and around dinner time, I can shove it into my phone. And yeah, it might may take the entire dinner to recharge my phone, but there you go. I have one that I got off Woot a while ago. So far, the, so long ago that I think its battery capacity might be dwindling. I don't know. I don't actually use it a whole lot. I use it at conventions pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, mine sits in a drawer for months on end and then I pull it out and charge it and use it at a convention. And so far, worked as much as I've needed it to. It's, it worked fine for packs. It's never had any problems. But I have a couple. I have a couple more trips planned this year. I'm going to go to Tulsa to meet some people for Oktoberfest, and then there is BGG.con in November that I'm really looking forward to. In fact, I have a Pokemon Wingman or Wing Wing Lady in this case. Uh, we are going down there a little bit early. We're, I'm. She and I are driving down from from Oklahoma to Dallas. And we're meeting her husband who works in Texas uh, there later on when he gets done with work. But in the meantime, we're going to go to the aquarium and, and the Museum of Natural History there in downtown Dallas before we meet him. So I am looking forward to the, the Pokemon potential that is there. Because I would imagine that especially the aquarium would be, would be the hotbeds for Pokemon activity. And just like those areas in general, like the... Aquarium is in the West End, and the Museum of Natural History is practically downtown. Well, and both of those sound like they're going to be awesome. I mean, I, I don't know anything offhand about the, those Dallas museums specifically, but one would imagine they're probably super awesome if they're in Dallas. Yeah, uh, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was her idea to go to the museum. She's been there before and she was just like, I want to go back. And I'm like, all right, well, this sounds good. So yeah, we're, we're, the plan now is to leave here super early, meet friend of the show, DU Stars fan for lunch, uh, hopefully, and then head down, head down that way, do the museum, do the aquarium, and then uh, meet up with, uh, with her husband later on. So I cool. So I have known DU Stars fan for coming up on over 10 years now, and I've still never met the guy in real life. Well, he doesn't travel. Yeah, that's what it is. Or I, I guess I should say he doesn't travel for internet things. So you you would have had to come down to Dallas, which you have and not I, done. Well, not lately. I've been to Dallas a few times, actually. Let's see. Since I've, I've known you? Well, yeah. I went in 2013 for my cousin Jeffrey's wedding. Oh, uh, that's right. I went in 2007 when I was uh, dating my ex, like... Uh, that's where she, 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 that's where she lived. And so I've been to Dallas at least three times since, um, since I signed up on the street site. I've been but, to Dallas once, unless you're counting layovers, which I don't, uh, for a wedding uh, that Linnea was actually at, a friend of the show, Linnea, uh, also the person who composed the music. We were down there for a wedding for a friend of ours. She had a, a very intimate little wedding, uh, outdoor, 
if I remember correctly, it, it must not have been during the summer. It must have been during winter months because I remember it being hot, but not I want to die hot. And we had a great time. That's actually the first time I went to Dave and Buster's. We did the the uh, wedding rehearsal and then went to Dave and Buster's that evening. And I'd never even heard of that. And this was, was the mid 2000s, five, six, seven, somewhere around there. I'd have to dig into uh, history to, to figure out. So like long enough ago that, that that was still a novelty. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was there for a couple of days, um, had the the weirdest, worst wedding dress bridesmaid experience ever of all time. Um, how much do you guys know about bridesmaids dresses? I know, I know that, that they, they are they are sold as oh you can totally use this again and they very 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 rarely are. Yeah. Yeah. That's 100% correct. So, um the friend that was getting married, uh a very tiny small wedding. I was a, a bridesmaid, sent out the dress. It was something you could get at Dave's bridal and I she was in Dallas and I was living in uh I was in Buffalo at the time, I think. Uh, so ordered the dress, a couple hundred bucks, ordered the shoes to match, another hundred bucks. <sighs> Ridiculous. Um, and so they, David's Bridal was going to deliver it to a David's Bridal in Buffalo, and I was going to try it on, and then they were going to do the alterations, and then I would bring it with me. Uh, yes, the wedding was in like January, February. I'm remembering more as we go. So they were supposed to have sent the dress in like September, and September comes nothing. Uh, October comes, nothing. Chat with my friend, and she's like, "Yeah, d- let me let me look into that." And Dave, Dave is bridal now. I I paid. We'd all paid for these dresses. Dave's bridal's like, "Oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming." October comes, no dress. November comes, no dress. So now it's getting to December. We're getting to like a month or two before this wedding. Alterations on uh, bridesmaids' dresses specifically, but you know any dress for a lady, not quick. So. On top of that, it's December and sending things in the mail. Not quick. A friend is starting to panic a little bit and is yelling at David, David's bridal. Gets to January. No dress. So finally, like it's a week or two before the wedding. Still no dress. Um, and so my friend says David's bridal is going to make sure that they have the dress. They don't have enough time to send it to Buffalo. What they're going to do is they're going to make sure it's here at this David's bridal. So when you arrive, they're going to do the alterations for free. They're going to give us some money back and just come. We're basically, you're going to land and we're going to go to David's bridal and go pick up your dress. Great. Crazy, but great. I pack, go to Dallas, get picked up by my friend in Dallas who says, so interesting thing about the dress. Um, they never arrived. David's bridal basically just took our money and said, dresses? What dresses? So we got to go to David's bridal and they refunded all of our money. And I spent the next two hours with my friend who uh, was getting married in two days, picking out a bridesmaid's dress from whatever they had on the rack that matched the colors of her wedding so that they could alter it on site. And she picked a dress. We, we, uh, we kind of picked a dress in tandem that required a bra that I did not have with me or own because 
without going into specifics for our male listeners, specialty bras. And so I'm like, well, you know, we can do this, but I'm going to have bra strap showing. And so David's bridal paid for a specialty bra for me because my my friend who is getting married said, oh, no, this is the one I want. And so you will now get the bra that you need. Uh, it was a $75 bra. And I had that bra for many, many, many years and wore it happily because that was a good bra. So, yeah, David's bridal. Not amazing. Um, bridesmaids dresses. Sucky as fuck. Uh, $75 bra is awesome. <laughs> so that's that is my memory of Dallas is frantic wedding dresses, Dave and Busters and a very hot wedding. But it was a lot of fun and a bra. So, and a $75 silver lining. And a $75 bra. It, that was, oh my God. Okay, I know this might sound like a woman thing, but I'm pretty sure you guys have had the experience of putting on a piece of clothing that is immaculately tailored and perfect for you and your body and your style. And you put it on, you're like, holy shit, I've never looked this good in my entire life. Yeah, I've, I've felt that before. Yeah, this bra, I wanted to... I wanted to die in this bra. I wanted to. I want to be buried in this bra. I want to go to heaven in this bra. It was so. It, so it was just. It was a really nice strapless. I guess. It well, yes, but it was a. It was a, a corset bra, but it oh. wasn't. Yeah, because it, it had to be totally strapless. And for those that have seen me, I'm not a. a I am ample proportioned, and so any strapless thing uh, requires basically the Brooklyn Bridge underneath in order to keep things... Lots of structure. I require concrete. It's amazing. And so so sus suspension, Army Corps of Engineers, the whole nine yards. Oh, it's crazy. It's yeah. amazingly crazy. So, and that's one of the reasons it was a $75 bra is because, like, I can't go braless. That's impossible. Um, not unless it suddenly turns into 1965. So this thing, it was... I looked great. I felt like I could go jogging and it worked with the dress and it was $65. Oh my God. Best bra ever of all time. I missed that thing. I can't think of a better note to, uh, to tell everyone that our <laughs> sound producer is Jonathan Brawless Wonder Cerna. My ample cleavage, while ample, is not nearly, nearly as nice looking at as Oboe's ample cleavage. Aw, you sweet talker, you. I know. <laughs> so speaking of sweet talk, uh, you may have heard some words at the beginning of this broadcast. Uh, Bob Ball said them. He's a voice actor. Check him out. And you may have heard a little ditty at the beginning of the show. You'll hear it again in a little bit. Linnea Boyev did that, so be sure to thank her. And thank Lauren Urban, Jonathan Cerna, and the entire Gloop Shark staff. Well, uh, hold on, hold on. Before we go... I believe we have we want to reiterate an announcement made on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. We 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 might. Yeah, by all means. Oh. Okay, so if you have been listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks on the Glib Shark feed, first, thank you. Second, if you have downloaded the most recent episode, you know this already, but as Jonathan rightly pointed out, it's good to reiterate Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks has grown up and leveled up and is moving out of the house. It's getting its own podcast feed, uh, aptly titled Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. You can get the Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks podcast the exact same way that you've been getting Glibshark on whatever podcast feed you prefer. You can go directly to the TalkShoe website and get the RSS feed. It's 
all the same fun stuff. You can download it directly. Um, it was just time for it to get its own feed. And it's if you go and subscribe to the podcast, all the old episodes are there, including the blooper reel and the uh, the first Ask a DM. It's going to continue to be updated to its current. And we're going to stop doing D&D and D on the Glib Shark podcast. So if you would like to continue to hear all of the fabulous adventures of our the, the Heralds of Greenest, you do need to subscribe to a new podcast. But now, hopefully your podcast feed will be slightly more organized. And we'll be we'll be running this reminder here over the next couple of weeks just to make sure that the transition is nice and clean. We really do appreciate those who have subscribed to to Glib Shark and listen to us every week. And we we know we're asking a lot to to have you subscribe again to one of our projects, but we would appreciate it so much. And we want to continue to entertain you both in podcast form and in Dungeons and Dragons and drinking form. So please, if you've already subscribed, thank you so much. We 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 honestly appreciate it a lot. And if you haven't subscribed, check it out. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun doing it, and we can't wait to bring you more. Yeah, and if I was just to say, if you haven't, if you haven't uh, been listening, now is actually the perfect time. We've just started a new chapter of this adventure, so you basically you can just listen to the most recent episode and and pretty much understand what's going on. There, there's not. Uh, a ton left over from the last chapter that's really going on. And if you do want to know what's happened previously, the uh, two episodes ago was literally a recap told by our characters. So you can listen to the recap and you can listen to the most recent episode and be totally caught up. And then if you'd like to go back and re-listen to those first 30 some odd episodes, then you can enjoy everything fresh and anew. And while you're at it, when you subscribe, go ahead and leave a review for both Glib Shark and Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. It does help other people find the show. And if you're yes. enjoying it, let other people enjoy it too. Like, share the wealth. Absolutely. We would love you for it. Absolutely. We love you anyway. But we'll Aww. love you just a little bit more if you're able to get that done for us. So on I behalf, love you guys. I love you guys too. Aww. Hugs. So on behalf of Jonathan Cerna, Lauren Urban, and the entire Glib Shark staff, this is Jack Edithil saying good night, good health, and stay lovely, my friends. Aww. Aww. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glib Shark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.